Hi everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the iconic fashion hit The Devil Wears Prada with my dear friend Kelsey Adams, when two female millennials sit down to talk fashion in Anne Hathaway, and how are we this old? You know it's going to be a bit of a ride. But also, just fair warning, this movie does have some pretty toxic underlying messages about size and body image, and we do go there a little bit. So if that's a tough topic for you to think on, maybe skip this one. But that being said, uh, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Kelsey Adams. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. Super excited about today's episode, one of my favorites, with one of my favorites. We are talking Devil Wears Prada with Kelsey Adams. I almost said your maiden last name. <laughs> so that's how long we've known each other, folks, in case you were wondering. Um, but Kelsey, I'm just going to throw it over to you to tell the world what you want to know, want them to know about Kelsey, who Kelsey is. Ah, I don't even know if I know who Kelsey is, but I'm learning. So we're getting there. Respect, respect. <laughs> I like that answer. Thank you I so like much it. for having me. I've been an avid listener of your show for a while, and it's been wonderful. I actually, this is like maybe weird, but I love listening to podcasts while I'm working out. That's like my thing. That's like the only time I've no, really listened Matt to does them. That I don't too. get yeah. opportunity. Oh, okay. So not so weird. Matt's a little weird, but it's all right. And so I often listen to epilogues and epiphanies while I'm working out, and I look forward to the new episodes whenever they come out. So a little You're bit so about sweet. me. <laughs> my name is Kelsey. I would have responded to Kelsey Huntingford because I still see myself as that, to be honest with you. But I have known Lindsay here since 2009, so it's 14 years ago. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. No. <laughs> No, no, we're 20. Yeah. We're, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's roughly the same distance, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's, yeah, I thought about that earlier. I was like trying to think through. I was like, okay, we're approaching 10 years out of college, but that would mean that I've known you for 14 years. <laughs> yeah. That's strange. Crazy. That's so um, crazy. It's also yeah. crazy because like we still like each other, so that's cool. Um, that's <laughs> not always guaranteed. Um so, yeah, pretty cool um, having people know you for a long time is rare anymore, I feel, and good but interesting because sometimes you say things to me and I'm like, whoa, hey, now, wait a minute. I don't know if I love that because it's too real, but no, it's so good, which is why I'm excited about talking about this movie. This movie is weird to me. I feel like I have to watch it maybe once a year. It's also one of those, I don't know if this is a normal way to feel about it, but like when I feel like I'm like in a slump or something, I watch this movie and it's, I think I just use Stanley Tucci's speech as like a snap out of it, kid kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that's how I use this movie. <laughs> but yeah, such a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Refocusing here. Where am I at? Where am I at? Okay. So this came out in um, 2006. Yeah. We were 15, prime age to yep. latch on to this thing, for sure. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah. No, that's why we were obsessed. Oh, yeah. For sure. And Hathaway sense. was like, and Hathaway oh, was at peak. And fashion was like all you, a lot of us cared about in high school. Yep. Not all, but it was a, a priority. Yeah. It was a priority. Yeah, just like super, super perfect timing for most of us 
our age to become obsessed with this movie and obviously Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway are awesome in it and there's so many quotes. I feel like the one I say in my head and sometimes out loud when I feel like I'm not going to scare other people is gird your loins like literally anytime anything is (laughs) going to change or happen I just shout it a little bit in my head or out loud and I'm like all right everybody gear up gird your loins um it's so funny um the other one is this one I don't say out loud to people but I do say in my head when someone's being very slow because you know how patient I am by all means, please move at a great glacial pace. You know how it thrills me. That one. <laughs> yeah, that one is top for sure. Okay, this movie. What is, if, what's Kelsey's short, quick hits version of this movie? If you had to give it to someone, the plot line of this movie yeah. in record time, how would you do that? Oh, man. I struggled with this at first. Quick plot line would be an aspiring journalist takes a a job with a big-name fashion magazine to make connections in her desired field. She learns valuable lessons about why fashion actually does matter. She upgrades her style, and she temporarily loses some relationships due to some primarily poor communication. Ultimately earns the respect of her tycoon boss when she walks away from her career. And that's That's kind of my summary. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. that's well said. She, yeah. I've been interested in, I think, how differently I see the, like, the friendships and the relationship side of things. This time around, having had a, a minute to try to pursue a career a little bit, it's definitely, I think, uh, my stance is quite different for sure. Yeah, what is so your if we're starting I'm really curious on... about this because I definitely had a difference in opinions about this from high school to now. Yeah. And I'm curious what yours is. Yes. I think I thought I'm going to need to say this two ways because I, there you will find I will say an instinctual way and then I will say a PG way. Sometimes Fair. of some lines. <laughs> I think in high school I thought she's being a nasty, awful career bitch and she is just like screwing everyone over and blah, blah. And, like, she just needs to get her priorities straight and pay attention to her boyfriend. Okay. Okay, girl. (laughs) All right, little 15-year-old who has never... No. So, yeah, I think I thought she was, like, just being a scary, career, intense woman, which is not even... I can't even think of a word or... I don't even think that's a thing anymore, honestly. Like, I don't... That's not a, a personality type in my head anymore. Um, so, so that's something, but, uh, yeah, I think I was very much, she's being awful and she does make some questionable choices and she does make some choices that are not great or kind, but I don't think the general pursuit of something that's maybe temporarily really stressful or hard makes you bad. I think people can understand and get with the program a little bit if they really want to see you thrive and it's not going to be forever. It's hard, but damn, if Matt had been like, listen, Lindsay, it's just really too hard, us both being in grad school, and I really need you to, like, be a little more stable and do more things around the house and just, like, pay more attention to me. No. (laughs) We would have had to have a talk. (laughs) We would have had to have a talk and been like, wait, I don't know about this. Yeah. So what do you, what, tell me high school Kelsey versus now Kelsey. 
Very similar. I remember looking at this show and constantly being like, oh, I can't believe she allowed herself to get caught up in this. Yeah, great for her for caring about her style and whatnot, but she is not being kind to her friends. She should not be so mad at them for trying to calm her down and everything. And definitely adult Kelsey's a lot more like, bro, back off a little bit. Be supportive. Help her out. Honestly, some of the things he says to her about, I don't like the clothing you're wearing anymore and like all this kind of stuff. I was like, bro, you, she looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about the outward appearance and everything, but the outward appearance was such a reflection and that pivotal moment in the movie where she, you know, comes back in after almost having been fired and almost quitting and she looks Mm -hmm. like bomb and she's like, Mm -hmm. it's, there's the physical appearance, but it's like this outward show of this, I am going to take charge of my own career mm-hmm. and I'm going to move forward with mm-hmm. this and I'm going to give it everything I've mm-hmm. got. And there was like this yep. like boss mm-hmm. babe about her that wasn't really there before. It was like, mm-hmm. life is happening to me instead of I'm going to yeah. take ownership. Yeah. And yeah. it was like his mm-hmm. response to her taking ownership was just like, I don't know, I really struggled with it. He missed it. He missed That's the exactly moment. It. Like he missed the yeah. point. Like, because like to your point, yeah, it's this boss babe, but like it's it would have been maybe something else somewhere else, but she was working yeah. at a fashion magazine. And so yeah. it's like, you actually have the keys. You know what you need to do well here, and that's a big part of it, and you're choosing yeah. not to do it. Like, so you either really want to do well here or you don't. And that's unfortunately because of the industry you're working in right now, that's important. So like that. And also just like, that was one of the things I was thinking about, honestly, this morning when I was jotting a few things down was like, I actually I think I've talked about this on two of my most recent episodes. So the one I did with Sarah with Legally Blonde, and I think we touched on it in Hillary's episode two. This idea Andy sees at the beginning of the movie that like people who put effort into what they look like are frivolous. Like these mm-hmm. are silly ridiculous people and that is not a thing that's important and look at me it's like a badge of honor her like rough appearance because I look this bad because I'm smart and really serious okay and it's you know this it's honestly like it's this like almost internalized misogyny that there can't be like a care about things that maybe are stereotypically feminine yeah and feel feminine and look feminine and be like smart and serious and taken your intelligence being taken seriously and so she's walking that line initially and sees everyone else as being like really silly until she realizes this job is really freaking hard and this like her coworker Emily yeah she's maybe a little silly but she's also yeah. super good at what she does and let's just say Emily Blunt before she was Emily Blunt was still amazing and this so movie good. was like her moment she Mm -hmm. freaking nailed it it was so good but yeah honestly potentially my favorite character in the entire movie she is the best it is so funny she's the best she's so So funny she was the one where she's talking about like i do this thing where i don't eat i don't eat which also we we need to get into that but but (laughs) where she's and then when i feel like i'm about to pass up pass out i eat a cube of cheese or something and it's just like (laughs) so ridiculous they're clearly making fun of it because it's so dumb yeah. But yeah, basically, we start off, Andy is this person who is too smart to 
give a dang about what she looks like. And she's trying to start out in her career as a journalist. And the only place that's hiring is this fashion magazine. The fashion magazine sees her. She gets sent up by this agency and they are like, okay, clearly someone is messing with us because this makes no sense. But basically... They don't have any candidates, and she doesn't have any other options. So it's Mm -hmm. we both are stuck with each other a little bit. And Meryl Streep really is the one. Her character makes the call and says, you've been trying. What does she say? She says, yeah. It's like something about the hire the smart fat girl or something. Something like that. I'm going to look it up because I it's pretty great, but I want to get it oh, right. She first um, makes a dig at poor Emily's character when she's like, clearly your picks have been so subpar. I don't remember exactly what she says, but she's yeah. basically like saying, well, you can't clearly yeah. pick somebody, so I guess I'm going to have to pick right. it. And cracks me up. Yes. I said to myself, go ahead, take a chance, hire the smart <laughs> fat girl. Yeah, yeah. Such a oh problem on a personal level with her being called fat. So like, okay, listen. many <laughs> problems. So many problems. Yeah, we will get there for sure. And <laughs> it will take um, uh, some of our time. Um, yeah, she meets Emily Blunt. This character has been promoted. She's basically replacing herself. And she's trying to go over everything. They're giving her a chance, but no one's really sure about it. And it's very clear Anne Hathaway's character does not even know some of the basics that maybe just a person off the street might know about fashion house names and, like, how do you spell Gabbana? Okay, girl, you don't say that to whoever is working at Gabbana. And just some odd things. And I'm like, also, but, like, how smart are you if you're the one choosing post-its instead of typing things? There's that, too. She was a little, she's a little bit of a mess at the beginning. A little out of touch with just things that made sense. Yeah, and basically we learn this boss has a reputation for a reason. She is super intense. She, the every morning, throwing the coat and the bag on the desk and just walking by, and it's their job to put it away really quick. And she's, like, learning all these ins and outs, and there's so much detail that goes into both the fashion shoot and all these different things, and nothing's ever good enough, and they're, like, doing the staging. My, There's so many favorites, but, like, the one where they're like setting up all the outfits and they're like trying to pick this belt and they hold up these two blue belts and she says it's a tough call they're both so different and Anne Hathaway's character Andy can't handle it anymore she laughs she just totally loses it and I just, I, that my, it's a tough call they're both so different is another one of my favorites because I'm a little bit I don't want to say OCD. I'm a little bit particular. So I do have some nail polish where I'll be like, which one? And Matt's like, what? They're both pink. (laughs) And I'm like, they're both hot pink. And I'm like, no, this one is red hot pink. This one is pink hot pink. He's, I need to leave. Um, So, um, yeah, but then Meryl Streep basically schools her, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to look that up now. I thought I had that pulled up, but apparently I didn't because it's amazing this monologue that is just yeah lays into her about you don't even know what you don't know girl it's and i think it's just such a lesson in i feel like a lot of this movie is just such a lesson in humility and not being like just don't be a judgy jerk because a lot of things just because they're not your thing doesn't mean they're not important or hard yeah. or worthwhile. Let's see. I did a Meryl Streep quote. 
monologue pile of stuff. That's all I remember at the moment. Okay. Cerulean sweater monologue is what That's this what person is calling it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This it's long, amazing. but it's good. <laughs> it is long, but it's good. So they're trying to pick out the belts. The girl says, it's a tough call. They're so different. And she laughs, and she's like, I'm sorry. It's something funny. But first of all, girlfriend, you know this woman is scary. How did yeah, you not you control yourself better to begin with? Regardless of what, she's a little bit questionable at the beginning for sure. And then she's just basically, those belts look exactly the same. I'm just learning about this stuff. And then Miranda goes in and she says, this stuff, okay. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you, I don't know if I'm going to read this whole thing. It's so long, but it's so good. <laughs> you just got to like, the ending uh, part. It's so good when she yeah. says. Yeah, she's basically, you pick out, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to, this is it. I gotta That's say it. it though. I gotta yeah. read it. Because she says, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that this sweater is not blue, it's not turquoise, it's not lapis, it's actually cerulean. You're also blithely unaware that it, of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then Eve's, uh, I don't know how to say that, wasn't it showed cerulean military jackets? And then she like starts telling them, we need a jacket here. And she's like still doing her job while she's saying all this. And then she goes, and then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers, and then it filtered down through the department stores and trickled down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars of countless jobs, and it's comical how you think you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when, in fact, you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. So, girl, that one. Don't, don't test me. Don't laugh at what you don't know. Because, mm-hmm. listen, I will throw down. <laughs> and I think, too, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just she was very, like, she's very cocky. She just mm-hmm. decided from day one she was better than everyone else here. And yeah. they do a good job of making those characters feel a little, a little extreme, a little ridiculous in some regards. But there's also such uh, skill that she Mm -hmm. just doesn't even see or impact even on culture that she's missing at the beginning, which is crazy. But that is such a, yeah. Someone picked out for you from a pile of stuff. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Let's see. Stanley Tucci's character, though, is my absolute favorite. Absolutely. He's pretty great. Emily's great, but love him. Yeah. he, I think I, I just always pick him in everything, though. Go ahead. Oh, you had something about he's so Stanley. good. I did. I was. I was really. I was realizing that there was one thing about his character that always hit me is he was interesting because he was partially a friend. Like he was willing to shoot, mm-hmm. shoot straight with her and actually bring her back mm-hmm. a little bit from some mm-hmm. of her mentality. He was the one who gave her the "What are you doing here? Just quit if you don't mm-hmm. want to be here." But like, if you're, you do want to be he here, says, actually you're not be trying. Here. You are whining. Yep, that's right. Is what he says, and that rings in my head some days. You are whining. I'm like, okay. Yeah, all right, Sometimes I do. But it always made me so sad, but I also loved the fact that by the end of the movie, he had 
chosen. He had been passed over for a promotion, mm-hmm. taken out of mm-hmm. underneath him by politics, basically in the real the, in the mm-hmm. realm. And I really struggled with that when I was a little bit younger. And I still struggle with it as an adult. Like, I hate to see injustice. So it was always like, but he earned that. But what I never really understood as, like, somebody a little younger was I was always like, why didn't he just quit after that? Like, he clearly, this wasn't, he got passed over. It was not fair to him. Like, he should have just walked away. And I feel like as a 30-something-year-old, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, but he had how many years had he invested at that point? And he knew mm-hmm. that this might have turned out poorly for him. But if he kept being resilient, the right opportunity might turn mm-hmm. up. And I'm not saying like resilient through trauma. I'm not trying to say stick around and be mm-hmm. abused, but mm-hmm. I am saying like, man, he knew what he wanted and he was willing to stick around for it, mm-hmm. even though he had been hurt in the situation because he wasn't shocked mm-hmm. by it either. He knew where uh, he was yeah. and what he was going for. Yeah, and he seemed like his character's position in that toxic structure was a little bit different. He Mm -hmm. had the, he definitely, despite being disrespected in that instance, was respected generally speaking and was almost looked as not quite a peer, but almost a peer more so than other people in in those rooms with her so his position in it he might have seen where it was really toxic and she was ridiculous and that particular move wasn't great but yeah to his point yeah I don't feel like he was necessarily staying in like active trauma really it was just that one big move um that was a little bit of a what do I do here um yeah but you're right yeah deciding to um not throw it all away because there's yeah, there's resilient is a good word for it um, for him especially because he had invested so much time and it was like almost like if you just quit then they take even more a little mm-hmm. bit. There's a trade off there and to your point, if he had been maybe in more of a position like Emily or Andy's character, it probably would have been the right move to leave. But they were a little bit less tenured, definitely less respected, definitely more abused. Probably not a healthy thing to steep in for a long time. But yeah, that's the other thing too that I've been thinking about is I don't know if you could make this movie in 2023. Because I think everyone would just be like, girl, quit. Like, because I think it's good. I think it's good that we all are... um, Obviously, I think it's good um, that we are all saying no to being disrespected and mistreated and underpaid and under, you know, valued. I think those are obviously really important things to stand up for yourself for. Um, But yeah, there is also some element of paying your dues. And this is really specific to the fashion industry, which is apparently crazy. It's a little bit different there, but I think we would have seen had they made this movie today, it would have been more her trying to exert influence on some broken structures Mm -hmm. and being like, yeah, maybe this is the way the fashion industry runs, but it shouldn't, you know, which I think is good. It just would have been a different story for sure. Yeah. Um, Because this is more... This is complicated. Like, I'm not, honestly, if I think about it, I'm not really sure if I know what the moral of the story is. Um, like, <laughs> That's it's a little point. ambiguous. It's a little yeah. ambiguous. But, yeah, after the sweater speech, we find out about Paris. 
Oh, Paris. Emily oh, doesn't Paris. get to go to Paris. That was so sad. Um, so sad. Yeah, but this is the point in the story where she's been there a little while, but it still just feels every day is just not working for her. She's like grinding up against it, not like finding a flow at all. And that's when she like breaks down and talks to Stanley Tucci's character. And he, like you were saying, gives her the, what are you doing here? You're pretending like you're trying really hard, but you're not actually really. I think you very obviously know a big part of this job is showing up to work looking a certain way and you're not even doing that. Are you really trying? Because she wasn't even really trying to. I don't think you can super thrive somewhere if you can't get buy-in. And she Mm -hmm. was like very much resistant to seeing this as something worth spending time on. Yeah. Um... Like, she was just, like, I mean, laughing at them, which is, like, yeah, not working out for her. But, yeah, no, he he says, all right, what's your deal? And then she comes in, and so she starts trying, and she goes a little hard. Like, probably you shouldn't be taking phone calls in the middle of the night. Um, Yeah. It's that weird fine line, though, because this is the fashion industry. The fashion industry is crazy. Miranda is the tastemaker of the fashion industry and can get you anywhere you want to go after this. So there's a tendency, and I don't know if it's right or not, to be honest, to be like, let me let me just play this game for a little while. And I think if you can healthily play the game, then maybe sure. But if it starts yeah. to tank your mental health, yeah. if you can mentally detach yourself from it and go home and be fine. Maybe it's worth it. If you go home, however, and you can't sleep and you have all the... Then probably don't play the game. It might not be worth winning. But yeah, so she goes a little hard and Nate gets mad. And this is back to our comment about the boyfriend. I don't know. I I thought she was being a jerk, but I also never liked him. Even when I was in high school. Which is odd. I guess I didn't really either, actually. I never was yeah. really that into him. I think at one point I thought maybe he was grounding for her, bringing her back to who she is because mm-hmm. she ends up back where she was to some mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, the their relationship also is not the healthiest thing. No. That scene where he's talking about, he's like, I don't like your new clothes and stuff like that. It's not exactly what he says, but that's like the gist of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she shows him like her undergarment type of thing. And he, he, then he's like, oh, I like that basically. And they, but that scene then, really, you know. that thing, <laughs> that scene really got me. Cause I kept looking at like now and I was like, Oh, hold on. Y'all didn't stop to talk about anything. You just distracted him with your body. I don't think that's probably healthy for either of you. Probably I was like, I not. Mean, you distracted him with your body. I feel like that's what happened. That is what happened. happened here. So. I don't think they were interested in how that would have gone. But, um, yeah. yeah. No. It's, it's not healthy because I do feel a little bit like... Uh, almost like maybe he was insecure and her being less attractive made him feel like the good-looking, cool one and blah, blah, blah. And then when she was better looking, I, you know, I think that was a little triggering to him. And he also had some, obviously, that idea of misogyny, of you can't be a pretty 
feminine person because you can definitely be a good looking guy and be taken seriously Mm -hmm. and be smart but if you're a good looking dressed woman then you probably think too much about your hair and you aren't very serious Mm -hmm. or yeah and that's just so stupid it's just so dumb it's so dumb it is It's, I think Taylor Swift said something like, I want to be able to talk about politics and like glitter and not have the two things be mutually exclusive. And that's just true because no one's like, oh, you play video games, Matt? Oh, that must mean I can't take you seriously or whatever. No, he's leaning into a guy thing and maybe even a young to child guy thing. And that's just fine and normal. And that's also why post Barbie movie, I was like... It's socially acceptable for me to have my Barbies on display because boys can play video games until they die and I can display my dolls and it's fine. So anyways, hope you like feminist rants. They're my thing. Little new girl for the trivia fans out there. But uh, yeah, oh my gosh. No, it's, yeah, he's just not, he's not great to her. And it's so funny though to think back about both of us being in high school though, not liking the guy. But choosing his side yeah, is, oof, I'm glad we aren't that way anymore. Because no, that's just not, we were like, you should pick the boy over everything, even though we don't think he's that great. I don't know. I so do. Weird. I would also postulate how much of it was, I don't even know if I'll get this right as I'm trying to say what's like jumbling around in my head. How much of it was that we would have picked the guy's side in this of be with the guy because of the guy even though we don't necessarily like Mm. the guy type of thing or how much of it was as young females having a issue with the amount of challenge and confrontation that she had to experience in order to achieve the goals that she had set for herself and seeing those obstacles Mm. and thinking that if she didn't give up on those to some level and stay true to who she was at that moment and didn't grow with the challenges How much of that was like a reflection of the fears that I personally may have had about changing and growing and being challenged and what life was going to hold for me in the next five to ten years? Does that make sense? Say more about it. (laughs) I think I understand part of it. It's not what my mental experience was, so I'm trying to get there. Yeah. So I think of Andy coming into this job and having this mentality. And I think as a kid, I really just looked at it as like a, I mean, I don't know if I should refer to 15 as a kid, but as a teenager. We were kids. I think I looked at it and I definitely was like, I don't know that I ever got that deep in my brain, but I think I just thought you stick with the guy because this is who you are. He likes who you are. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you changing and making these choices that sacrifice your relationships to any level are obviously bad choices because some of the choices you made to get there are mm-hmm. bad choices mm-hmm. versus as mm-hmm. an adult I think I'm looking at it and saying a little bit more of a maybe that fear that I had as a kid was less of you need to stay with those choices because all some of your choices were bad so therefore all of the choices to get there were bad mm-hmm. instead I'm looking at a little bit more of a they're not all together like some of the choices you had to make to get where you wanted to go were good actually some of them Mm -hmm. grew Mm -hmm. you as a human you learned from your experiences you Mm -hmm. changed you Mm -hmm. grew you're going somewhere new in life and there's going to be challenges Mm -hmm. to that 
some of the choices you had to learn from and they were bad ones and they Mm -hmm. changed Mm -hmm. you as a human and you had to pivot from that and determine did you like who you had changed into and it mm-hmm. ultimately turned her into a better human by the end of the movie. She mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. the same Andy. She didn't go back to the boy exactly. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't just the same Andy who was struggling. She was actually able to get into the career that she wanted to be in ultimately mm-hmm. because she did stick through some of those. And some of those bad mm-hmm. choices made her realize that she had more depth of humanity in her than mm-hmm. she started the movie mm-hmm. with. Yeah. There's my rant. I think I understand more. No, that was great. I That was not my younger self's experience, or honestly, that was not my thought process ever watching this movie, so I appreciate that. What I heard in there, and I know there was more to this, but a couple things I heard in there was fear of losing relationships and the mm-hmm. the struggle of having to almost be self-assured enough to know that something is right even if it's met with relational friction and maybe if everyone doesn't want to go with you and the other thing I heard which I don't know if you said this but my brain did this when you were talking a little bit about it was like knowing that she had to stick with it I think the idea that it being hard meant it was wrong was maybe attractive because who wants to think that you're gonna have to suffer through some hard things I don't want to I don't like that reality it's reality but I don't love the thought (laughs) of it so there's that fear a little bit too that like maybe the right choice is the hard choice and it's gonna be hard for a while and maybe in that hardship there's people that aren't gonna come with me and that's hard for sure that's always hard not everyone and, and sometimes it's quick and sometimes it's gradual and yeah. it's tricky it's definitely a Andy is deciding who and what Andy wants to be outside of everyone and everything else and once she figures that out she's able to figure out and I feel like have better friendships and we don't really see the friendships but one would assume better friendships Mm -hmm. and a healthier relationship because she's not dependent upon them viewing her as some thing one or the other she can stick to her own truth a little bit and be a little less tossed around by their reactions to her like yeah okay you can have that feeling but I know this is what I should do so we can either agree on that and figure out what that's going to look like or move on and yeah that's really I feel it's twofold when you reach that point in any journey and you reach it over and over again but hopefully you do it's it can be so freeing but it's also so hard because especially as women I feel like we are taught so early to choose relationship above self and peace and harmony and agreement with whatever the social rule of the moment is and when you have to face choices or make decisions that maybe don't go with what everyone else is doing or what everyone in the moment thinks you ought to do or what your parents think you should do or what your friends think you should do because they're all doing this at this phase and it's a it's tricky but I feel like the people that can figure out how to make those decisions and know when to make that decision for themselves I feel like are the ones that are more authentic and have better relationships 
Yeah. At least from the ones that I'm friends with. Yeah. yeah. I think, too, is thinking of making choices that other people may or may not agree with type of thing. I think one of the things that you see in Andy, even actually close to the beginning of the movie, that I think is really admirable is her ability to listen to a multitude of voices and glean Mm. wisdom from everything. So I think of conversations with parents. It's I happen to have incredible ones that have pretty much never steered me wrong. But there have still been times where, like, we might have a disagreement on a choice that I've made or something to that nature. Mm. And I think there's a lot to be admired in an individual who can say, hey, I want to stop and listen to what you have to say. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. going to do exactly what you mm-hmm. would love me to do, but I want to hear mm-hmm. every part of what you have to say because I want to mm-hmm. glean wisdom from the part that you have perspective on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. I think you yeah. see that a lot in her conversation with Nigel when he course corrects her because a portion of his yeah. course correction is, like, all right, that's a bit far. There's parts of it yeah. too that could be towed back maybe a little bit, but she does learn from it and mm-hmm. says, you're right, I am whining. I do mm-hmm. need to step up mm-hmm. and do a little more. And even the conversation with Miranda, she takes some things that her character says and says, oh, okay, all right, I need to learn from that. It's kind of nice. Yeah, no, it is really, and I think that ability to hold an idea or a thought without having to accept it and it be your decision to be able to understand someone else's perspective and respect that If I was them with the pieces they have, I might think that too. And that's a legitimate thought for them to have. I think that's really important. And just being a well-rounded, kind person. And I think too, yeah, it's, yeah, I've had family members be like, I'm doing this and I don't even want to hear about it. And I'm like, okay, then why are you telling me? A little bit. Like, why are, like what is this? This sure. is clearly not a conversation. I don't need to tell you what to do, but like, you didn't even let me think about how I wanted to process what you just said because you immediately told me you didn't want to hear anything I had to say about it. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's a mark of sometimes being unable to accept that they're they know maybe this is what they think they should do for themselves but they don't feel steady enough to be able to hear other thoughts or feedback and hold their own ground and uh, it's hard it is but at that point then maybe just don't start the conversation I don't know because it doesn't sound like you actually want to have one but yeah no she she is really good at that and I think that's being able to learn from all sides of things and just being able to see truth wherever it shows up I think is really a valuable skill and I think that's part of what I am trying to do with this show is there's truth in all these stories even if they're ones that we wouldn't live or choose to do or we wouldn't have made the same choices she did but I think there's there's truth and depth to be had there that can help us you don't have to make all the mistakes to learn all the lessons. So I think there's value in good. in learning from other people's stories, even if they're fictional. Um, but yeah, so she's decided she's trying, and then she ends up on the Paris trip because Emily has just gone too hard on this crazy dieting situation and landed herself in the hospital. We've already alluded to just a lot of things. She's on the inside now, and she's got a little bit of empathy for her boss because... Her boss has shown she's just been around all hours of the day. So she's seen sometimes this woman has a hard life and she's sad just like everyone else. And 
those kinds of humanizing things. And I think that's important too to know that no matter what, how tough or weird or crazy someone is, that there's humanity under there and be curious about what's underneath that, I think Mm. is a good practice to get into because there's always something underneath of it. No one's just like straight up heartless and mad, even if they seem like they might be, but... Yeah, so she she goes to Paris, and basically that's when you were talking about Nigel getting passed up. That all happens, and I think this speaks a little bit to the friendship that he invested with in her, that mm-hmm. him being slighted specifically, she was able to see this person in this industry who does really well and is really well respected, I've grown to care about really deeply and care about what happens to him and even within this weird stupid world that I'm in and I don't think I can be a part of this because of how wrong it it treats him just as a routine part of the way this political structure works this was normal he was like this happens and this is just the way life is sometimes here and she's like I don't know if I'm cool with that Emily got screwed out of the thing but I had to do what I had to do but now I'm feeling bad about that because I'm seeing what that looks like for someone else on a bigger stage and she's just reconsidering everything when Miranda's basically said no see you made the right call you made the tough girl decision to come here and choose yourself and she's realizing that she did but not loving that look Miranda's basically saying we're the same and she's I don't want to be someone that would hurt someone like Nigel and goes off and does a different thing and I think Miranda says something to the person that's interviewing her about she was like a really big disappointment but they were like they would be really stupid not to hire her or something like that to that effect so basically she leads them a little bit thinking oh yeah she really let me down but like then finishes it with oh it's clearly because she left and I'm like bummed about that so yeah. She won the day with this crazy woman. Um, and then I don't know how I feel about the whole reconnecting with Nate thing, honestly. Like, he's fine, but I think you could probably find someone else who never needed you to look frumpy to feel good about himself. I think you could probably find someone who just likes you. Yeah. I don't know. But I think the piece, though, that's missing there, like, not in your comment, but, like, in the movie, is there's no opportunity, because it happens at the very end of the movie, to see any develop character development from Nate. Like, true, I, true. I, I tend yeah. to be what really optimistic, so <laughs> this tends to be my you are, brain. You... So my brain is, I never liked that either, but then I keep thinking, I'm like, who is he now? Maybe he made That's some fair. choices while they were apart and everything that have mm-hmm. caused him to understand the value that is Andy is more than just who he thought she was, and he, mm-hmm. maybe he can grow to appreciate who she actually is and um, be an yeah. actual support, because they did have fun together. Um, They clearly enjoyed each other's company and they had a good friendship. It's just that, Mm -hmm. yeah, there was a lot of other factors that if they didn't get resolved, Mm -hmm. I'm totally with you. But I'm hopeful that maybe he did some some personal growth. Let's hope. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping if he didn't, she sniffs it out really quick and says, let's just be friends. But yeah. Yeah. This movie. Okay. The thing we didn't talk about is body image. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about body. Good, good Lord. Ooh. I literally was talking about this movie, and it's funny, and I'm sure you think about this with Gwen, but I was talking to 
the Keller girls and we were like talking about a movie and I was like, sometime we're going to have to watch Devil Wears Prada. There is some things in there I'm going to tell you to ignore. Yep. And do not listen to them. Your mother and I are still recovering from those kinds of things. Yeah. But uh, like it's mostly a good movie if you ignore like the comments about uh, size and weight. Six is the new um, 14, I think, is one of the comments uh, I was made. Let's see. What does he say? He's not became not since two became the new zero and or four became the it? new two. No. Zero two became, became the, new. the new two and would have gone. Two became the new four. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Cause yeah, I'm, you're right. It was zero became the new two, and two became the new four. And then she said, I'm a six. And he was like, that's the new 14. And I was like, first of all, your math isn't mathing. Second of all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's see. The new two. Um, not since two became the new four, and zero became the new two. I'm a six. That's the new 14. Yeah. Whoa. Stuck with me. That's bad. so bad. It was bad. It was bad. Because there's stuff Oof. in there that kind of the way this movie progresses a little bit implies that the harder you work, the skinnier you are. A um, couple times. It's rough. It's yeah. rough. It's, yeah. He's congratulating her on performing and they're doing well. And then he, like, basically says great job about how small she is and it's just yeah Yeah. size is just size and I don't think there's anyone listening that doesn't know this but in case you don't know this eat healthy food and be active but you can also eat normal food sometimes too and it's fine and also your number on the scale or on your skirt size is just literally an arbitrary number it's the least interesting thing about you. Move on. <laughs> Just straight up move on. It's not worth your time. I think about that and I think a little bit about the things that I used to obsess over that were like wrong with me. And it's one of those things I totally forget about until I like when Abby and I talked about Mean Girls and they're all literally ripping themselves to shreds in like the most bizarre specific ways. But we did it. We all did it. Oh yeah, 100%. And it was like, what in the world? And like, I guarantee like no one else cares what your nose looks like or I don't even know. Or if you're me, like no one else thinks your feet look big if you wear pointy toe shoes because you have bigger shoe size than most of your friends like no one thinks you look like a clown they just don't they're not paying that much attention and you probably also don't um no, not at all yeah just like weird i feel like stuff. one of mine was do you remember when there used to be this i don't even know if this still exists there used to be this um quiz or something like that to determine your butt shape do you remember this from oh college? no we all know okay. I distinctly remember this. All of us girls in our apartment did. I'm sure like, I did it. Oh, yeah. We all did. I was a thing, and, like, all of us girls in our apartment, like, looked at it. This can go back in. All of us girls. Thank you for the bookmarkers. Did this uh, little quiz over what our little rear end shape was, and mine was, like, square or something like that. And I remember I was, like, so devastated. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's so terrible. I'm never going to have a cute butt. And as a 30-something-year-old, I'm like, 
bro, I don't care. It's a butt. I sit on it. It's, it's a butt and you sit on it, but also you... Was this pre or post skinny jeans? Because that's how old we are, folks. Oh, we lived yeah. before skinny jeans. And I remember the first time I you wore skinny free. jeans. And I said, listen, Kelsey, you need to live your life in skinny jeans. <laughs> and she maybe did for a I, long I time. I mostly have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. And I was so like, mm, no, this girl needs to wear skinny jeans. Yeah. Thank you for that. They were good. That they were good. It, that did stick. I didn't mean it quite so literally. <laughs> I respect the commitment. There you go. Um, Fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I my point yeah. being just that as a kid growing up in that type of society, one that would curated mm-hmm. this devil wears Prada mentality as well was just obsessed over things that just don't matter. I care significantly mm-hmm. more about am I kind to the people that I'm around? Mm-hmm. Do my kids mm-hmm. know that I love them? than anything Mm -hmm. about my body shape. Actually, I'm just really proud that my body was able to carry two kids. That's great. Would Mm -hmm. I, did Mm -hmm. I like my pre-baby body better than I like my post-baby body? Honestly, no, actually, I like where I am. So I just feel like our society, I hope it is growing and shifting, but it was definitely a little hard to watch this again and be like, oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. That was actually, that's not just fashion industry. That was our lives for a season. That was our lives. That was, it was very different. I feel like it was at its height when we were in high school because there was just, fashion was in a way that was like, low-rise jeans and like Mm -hmm. just all the things that really only suited and stayed even functioned well on a very skinny rail thin body with no Um, curves at all with no curves at all and yeah i went to school with a lot of sticks and they were just small and then i was just like i think normal probably yeah but felt like I was enormous and like oh, yeah. it was just I basically just didn't have the willpower to have an eating disorder but I all but had an eating disorder I would Same. think about it just as much but just did not have it in me for follow through I just would hate myself later but wouldn't yeah. be able to really do anything about it because yeah. throwing up grossed me out and I liked food still do and also I think I had people in my life that paid too much attention for that to ever really be a choice yeah. for me, but which is good. But no, there was a phase where it was like intrusive thoughts level of just like obsessing about like how big I thought I was and all these stuff. And it's just like, I never was that big. And even if no. I was, who cares? No, you so weren't though. So it's just, it's, I wasn't, even if I had been bigger, if I was healthy, who cared? Yeah. But it just, that was not the idea of being a certain size and being considered healthy basically it was like if you're above a certain size it's because you're like lazy and gross is really yeah one of my friends from grad school posted about messages we all got when we were younger about weight and things like that and I was like oh yeah no one would say anything to your face if you gained weight but like you would leave the room and everyone would whisper about how your life must be in a shambles because you've put on 10 pounds and I just yeah, no one's going to tell you, but everyone's going to notice and everyone's going to think that means your life is in the toilet. Yeah, very much the message there was fat equals fail or any kind of weight at all meant lazy failure, basically. Yeah. But, which is terrible, but 
It is terrible. You know. And completely inaccurate. But uh, yes, I heard the same messaging. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I'm glad that it's things like this that are like hard to think about, but I'm glad that we're able to like grow out of them. And I'm also glad that I know it's not perfect now, but I do feel like there is a lot more diversity of representation of body types and styles in culture now that are seen as positive mm-hmm. um, that I think makes it a little easier for not to say that they never have those thoughts, but maybe they're less likely to have as severe of thoughts as we did, whoever's in high school now, or if they do have them, it's easy to point to, oh, Lizzo's freaking cool, and you know what? She loves herself, so I should too. There's just more more people modeling self-love in all different shapes that I think, I hope helps. I'm not going to pretend they've got it easy. There's all kinds of other problems I didn't have to worry about that I'm so glad I don't have to, but I'm hoping that that maybe makes it a little bit easier, but yeah. This movie, man, it's so good, but it's, it is layered because it's, like, time-locked in. But also another thing I wanted to, like, point out is good fashion, while it may be date-locked, is always good fashion. Because mm, I feel fair. like you watch this movie and you're not like, oh, they look so tacky and so trendy. And No, these are people wearing, like, solid classic designer pieces and yes they are of the era a little bit with their cuts and things but everyone looks good nobody looks like messy or weird versus if you watch like a disney channel show from the same era you're like oh my gosh what's going on (laughs) yep (laughs) what is up with her pants and why is her hair like that and so yeah no you're right it's pretty timeless actually yeah I'm always struck with how much I like the clothes again every time I watch it. And I'm like, oh, that's because they're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. This was really fun. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to circle back on with this particular topic? And then I can at least hit the stop recording part. Oh, I, one of the questions that you had had was, um, on the guide was, where do I see myself in this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a so, really good question. I did want to answer this one because I thought it was super interesting. Yes. Yes. No, I love it. (laughs) Where do I see myself in this movie? I really struggled with that at first. I was like looking through all the characters and I was like literally looking for supporting characters. I was like, I'm sure I'm one of the supporting characters because none of these people makes any logical sense to me. And then a husband asked me if I had considered looking up Andy's personality type on Mm. Instagram or on the web fictional mm-hmm. character, I was like, that's not going to be accurate. But I looked it up. And wouldn't you know that Little Miss Sandy is a Enneagram 2 helper, wing 3 achiever, and that happens to be the exact same <laughs> that I tend to mostly mm-hmm. be. And I started looking through, like, the reasoning on this website for why they were thinking that she was that way, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I think they're right. And I actually think that's probably yeah. a very accurate, like... A lot of the things that she did of struggling with not wanting to cause any conflict or issues with her friends, but also feeling like she had to give everything she had to her job and like wanting to achieve and go really hard, but also be helpful. But then also who is Andy in the entire show? And she finally is like, oh wait, I'm this person. (laughs) I just thought it was really interesting as I was diving into it that I was like, yeah, yeah. 
All right. I don't actually... Yeah. Andy is not a character from a movie. Like, if you ask me, out of all the movies I've watched, who's a character that I really align with? And I'm like, yeah, that person. I like them. Andy would not have been on that list. I don't know how I feel yeah, about Yeah, no, she's that, complicated. But... <laughs> she's very yeah. complicated. She's really wrestling with that identity piece in, in this story, for sure. No, it's interesting, and I love that you said that, because I wanted to talk to you about this movie, because one... I love this movie, and two, I I knew that you liked it, and I was like, also, I was trying to, I've been trying to find like, stories that I feel like both people care equally about, so, but then as we got closer to it, I was like, this feels a little bit like Kelsey's story a little bit, like, just in the way that, like, <laughs> she's, like, figuring out who she wants to be, and, like, yeah, um, what she wants to do and like how much she wants to give to one thing versus another and yeah so that's I feel a little bit like okay I wasn't you feel totally validated off base don't on that. you you I feel validated are. I do I'm I'm like wait yeah. a minute I was on track here so, <laughs> too, no. as I was watching the movie again I had a similar work experience not to the same intensity I know level. that's what I thought that's what I thought. For the travel, I was like, right? Kelsey had a moment. I said like, Kelsey had a yeah. moment when she worked at a worked for a Devil Wears Prada situation. Yeah. Because it was like the startup years and yep. it was I was a little bit like, Is she fine? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I, she seems to think she is, so I guess it's okay. I depended on the day, but for listeners, there was a specific situation where my boss was stranded at an airport and needed a alternative transportation and was calling me flipping out about it and I was on the phone in an evening trying to figure out how to get them where they needed to go and we're on good terms now but it was definitely a situation at the time where I was like oh gosh this is a little reminiscent (laughs) dang it yeah but yeah yeah. that that job particular I thought about that this morning I was like she did have a phase of yeah what am I doing what do I want to do but also I'm gonna go really hard because I think I might get somewhere and yeah. like maybe it's a little too far. Maybe sometimes it's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so interesting. Very I don't know where I see myself in this story. Yeah. I think I'm I not know sure where I'm I in see this you. story. You don't see yourself in my Stanley at all? Tucci. You're Stanley. I was Tucci. gonna say. <laughs> I listen. This is the second episode in a row where I have identified with a male character. <laughs> Which is fine. More closely identify with um, Nigel, probably, who seems to know what he wants and uh, goes after it and knows what his limits are and does things that maybe didn't make sense. I don't know. I'm probably not that weird. I feel like I probably feel weirder than I am just based on our context that is maybe has a bit more of a narrow narrow scope of expectation for Mm. people of our gender (laughs) nigel knew what he wanted and he went for it even though like he was from like middle of nowhere and a guy and like being involved in fashion was like what who are you why are you yeah um and like i have just felt like my personality type has maybe uh, been one that is a little bit farther away from what the um, 
personality type expectation is or behavioral expectations can be for a female in the Midwest in a largely evangelical conservative context. And it's interesting. It's also interesting to be operating outside of that context for the first time potentially ever at work. And uh, yeah, that's no one got a no one got a script about me. That's true. No one got like uh, an idea because yeah, it's oh you're this way and everyone just knows you're this way and like when you're a little bit stronger of opinion you're maybe seen and treated or anticipated to be what's seen as difficult Mm. or combative and I've been told so many times in the last month to be more direct which is comical but uh, yeah it's so interesting to I don't know operate outside of that context so I guess I would imagine that's probably what it felt if I'm Nigel and I'm like in the sticks and I've only ever read in magazines and then I go somewhere and people are like oh welcome we're all like you and we're just (laughs) glad you're here because you seem talented and great and just to be like what I guess I fit in here that's weird yeah I guess this is fine you don't need me to apologize for anything okay yeah weird so thanks for joining me today this is super fun always love to talk to you and we'll definitely have to do it another time soon yeah thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun thanks again for joining me today i hope you'll find some time to think about where you see yourself in this story and what you can learn from your personal emotional doppelganger moments um i hope you learn and know when to as emily p freeman puts it leave a room like andy did um and have the courage to be uniquely you and go find your people like nigel and also remember unlike andy at the start of our story to um be curious and not judgmental so um thanks again for joining me um this was a super fun one and i hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time